I just finished watching a documentary that you may have seen called Jiro Dreams of Sushi. And if you haven't seen it, I, I recommend it. I've seen it many times before, but I watched it again tonight with Brenda because we're going to Japan. And it was really inspirational. It was really eye-opening. And I couldn't help but think about applying the principles of Jiro Dreams of Sushi to the world of pinball. And I'll make that connection right now on episode 300, I think, 86 of Canada's Pinball Podcast. But here's my question for all of you out there. If you've watched the documentary, just to summarize it real quickly, it's about, in I think during the filming, he was 83 years old, and he's been making sushi for something like 60-something years of his life. And the whole notion is that when you pick a profession in life, you should do your best to master that skill, to become the best you can possibly be within that category and within that skill set and that job. And you should wake up every day and apply yourself to constantly be improving upon what you're doing. So his goal, for example, is to just make the best possible sushi ever, right? And to break the rules and the paradigms down that existed in the sushi category. Now, when you think about pinball and we think about where we are today, ask yourself a question. Do we feel like there are people in the pinball hobby right now that are designing games and are on a mission to make the best pinball experiences we've ever had? Have they taken what we've learned from the past and are they applying new sets of skills, new passions, and are they dreaming about the possibilities of what could be inside a pinball machine. And I, I just want you guys all just to think about that for a minute. And I think a lot of what happens in this hobby, and I know I'm guilty of this and you're guilty of this, is we start to look at this hobby in a vacuum of here and now. And we start to look at the options of pinball in the here and the now. And we almost have to just accept what is served to us today. And I think that there's an issue I have with that. And I think it's starting to chip away a little bit at my ability to enjoy this hobby right now and to get excited about each new pinball release. Because if I'm really honest, and if I'm really honest and I look at pinball, not just about what's available today, but if I look at what's been available to the pinball world over the last 20, 30 years, it's hard for me to look at these modern games and really be wowed. And, and what I mean by that is I don't think I'm seeing pinball at its finest. Do you? Do you think that we are now seeing the world under glass better now than it ever has been before? And so it got me thinking a lot about, you know, this guy and how he applied his life to making the best possible food on the planet. How could we look at pinball through that lens and let's let's just do a little journey and keep it very focused on that on this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. So let's ask ourselves one question. Do you think when you see these modern games, do you think that you see anything in these games from a design and a mechanism standpoint? Does anything feel like it came from 
the dreams and the imaginations of the designers. Like they woke up one night and they had a new idea to do something completely never before seen in pinball. And then they were able to sketch it out, bring it to the mechanical engineers, and they were able to actually put that into the game. Do you think we're getting that level of going from dream to design to execution to the final product? Or do you think what's happening in pinball nowadays is more about designing to a cost and designing to a bomb? You know, there's an interesting part of, of Jiro Dreams of Sushi in which he says, if we're not worried about the money, we are simply focused on making the best possible thing we ever can make. They are, they are somewhat in a pursuit of perfection. And obviously, it's an arbitrary goal that you can never really reach, but they keep aiming for that. And then I thought about pinball, and I thought about pinball today. And if we were to look at the pinball companies that make up the pinball landscape, which companies out there right now do you feel are really striving to make the most perfect pinball experience that are constantly pushing the envelope of where we've been before and taking pinball to new heights, right? When you start to look at it through that lens, it really gets difficult. And it, I know it's very subjective, but so is food, right? Every, almost everything in which it's for enjoyment's sake, a lot of that stuff is subjective. You know, it's not about the numbers. It's about taste buds. And that's why I like this documentary. It's, it's different than having some stu stupid argument because it is subjective. It all is subjective. But, but I think the lessons that, that I saw in this documentary tonight, I, I think they apply nicely to the world of pinball because, you know, I, I just get this sense lately that most of us out there who love pinball and, and are super excited about each new pinball launch, we really start to dream and imagine what a new game could be. Like, what, what will the possibilities hold for us when a new pinball machine is revealed? And then reveal happens. And I think all of us, and, 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 and again, I could be wrong, but maybe I'm just speaking from my own point of view. I think our expectations of what we expect in these modern machines have been lowered so much over the years that we're not really even looking for a lot of magic under the glass anymore. That we've stopped expecting that that we've stopped expecting a designer to put something in the game that is going to make that ball do something magical. And maybe I'm just saying that because tonight I saw the Jurassic Park stream and I get the game shoots well and everything. But then, you know, I just ask a very simple question. Well, what is, what is being done in this game that hasn't really been done before? And what magical thing is happening in the game that, that sort of feels like, oh, you know, Keith woke up at night and had this idea and, and they spent an entire year figuring out how to make it work, right? I mean, in Jiro, the guy spends, they make them spend 10 years before they can even move on to making their rice, like something silly like that. And I know we're not, I'm not expecting people to spend 10 years learning how to make pinball machines before you actually get to make a pinball machine. But there's something to be said about studying something for a very long time before you're ready to be in the big leagues and to be making something that people are spending so much money on. And pinball to me is a little bit stuck, right? And I think it's stuck because we have designers from so many years ago who have been designing games for a very long time. 
But I also think when you look at all those designers, the best mechanisms, the best designs, the best games they've made are usually in their past. They're not making machines nowadays that eclipse what they've done before. And so it begs the question, are they done? Have they lost the passion? Somewhere along the line, have they been told that they have to design games to a certain price? You have to look no further than Willy Wonka, right? When I look at Willy Wonka, do you see stuff in that game that makes it feel like Pat Lawler dreamed this thing up and and he worked day and night for a year to make it happen, right? What mechanism do you see in Willy Wonka that feels like it's the extension of a dream of a guy who's a pinball wizard, right? Who's a fanatic, who's so passionate about pinball that he's constantly pushing the envelope. There's a, there's a gobstopper mechanism that spins around and just opens up a scoop, and there's a Wonka vision, but there's really nothing else, right? If you really start to break it down, there's nothing in that game that feels like it's, it's sort of the wild imagination of a guy that's been making pinball machine for so many years. We start to see more of the passion in the new designers, right? The hungry youth of pinball today. And I think that's why there's a lot more excitement with guys like Eric and Scott Denisi. But I think all of them are running into a problem. And I think that problem simply becomes, I don't think the goal of any pinball company in 2018, 2019 is to make the best possible pinball machine and the most magical machine ever. I don't think that's the goal. I think for a lot of these companies, the goal is one thing. We have to make a profit, which is obviously important. But when you, again, when you watch the documentary and, and you look at how they make this food and they charge people $300 for sometimes a meal that only lasts 15 minutes, you then ask yourselves, well, how can you charge so much money for such an abbreviated experience eating food, it's because it's so good. And then you look at pinball, and you look at the way the pinball world is structured right now, and the games are costing between $5,000 and $12,500. And here's the kicker. They are going to cost that much money regardless of how good they are, regardless of how much is in those games, regardless of the amount of magic, regardless of the amount of engineering time that went into the games, regardless of any of that, right? There's just a price on it. And for so many years, so many people have just been running to buy these games, running to buy every LE. You all, you've seen it. I mean, when I first got into this hobby, there were so many collectors that would just go run and buy every new game that came out. Not even just, you know, not just the LE guys, but guys that would just buy every new game because they wanted uh, to experience pinball and they loved pinball. But do you feel, when you look at these companies, do you feel like there is constant improvement, like the games are getting better? Now, you could argue, and I would say that this might be true, you could argue that each company respectively has been improving what they do, and that is true. But somewhere along the line, Somewhere along the line, I think where things, you know, what's unfortunate, what's, what's, what's unfortunate is that the dominant company, the company making the most money was starting so far back in terms of like Stern Pinball. I mean, they were making games very, very basic and they were making games, uh, you, you know, I mean, some of them, there, there, there were some, 
There were some games that were an exception to the rule, but you have to look at certain games and look at the mechanical engineering around them. And it wasn't it wasn't anywhere close to what we were getting in the 90s with pinball, Uh, you know, and then, you know, we went through a whole thing where it was all about the artwork. But then they start to take more and more out of the games. You know, you look at a game like Lord of the Rings, it has more mechanically in it, much more magic on a mechanical level in that game than any modern Stern pinball I'm seeing right now. Uh, but, you know, the artwork was crap or the DMD wasn't up to snuff, right? And so now it's always been about a juggling act. And and I think they're, right now, if I'm looking at Stern's approach, it's, it's win them over with artwork, win them over with themes, and win consumers over with reliability. And that's great. You, we, we want the games to be reliable. But do you look at Stern machines? And this is just a question I have on this, this, this episode of Canada's Pinball Podcast. Do you look at these machines? And do you see what looks like the dreams of a designer? Like they dream this up and they made this happen and they made it work. Right? When I look at the Lord of the Rings and I see that ring that George Gomez dreamt up, that had the magnets around it and the ball would, would just float in midair and then get sucked through the back of the machine. Name me one stern mechanism. Name me one in the last five years, 10 years, that has as much magic as that. Does the T-Rex head in Jurassic Park, does it do the same magic? I don't know, I don't think so. And that's what I'm saying. And I still consider George Gomez to be, I think, the best designer and dreamer in one of them in pinball history. But who's doing it now? You know, if I look at, I think George Gomez is a little bit like Jiro, like standing over the apprentices of the, of the industry. But who's doing the stuff now that makes you feel like this is it, right? And the, the person I thought, you know, and this guy always, always to me, you know, was the dreamer but couldn't execute was John Papaduke. And if you think about what is the appeal of John Papaduke, how is this guy still around, right? How is he bailed out, like, for the third or fourth time? Why are we still excited to see what John Papaduke has been working on all these years at Deep Root? Isn't the answer so simple and just staring us in the face? Is I do think John Papaduke is the kind of guy that is constantly dreaming up radical new ways to try to put magic into a pinball game. Whether they work or not, I think he is always trying to experiment about what's possible in a machine. Now, we know from his own capabilities, on an engineering level, he's a complete failure. I mean, he failed to make anything work in Magic Girl. And that game was just an abomination of, of, of like eight dreams gone wrong. And that doesn't work either, right? I mean, so much has to be in the execution of a dream or it's just wasted talent. You know, and there's another thing too that in Jiro that I pulled out of that documentary tonight that applies to pinball, and it's basically this: good dreamers that have an idea. They're not great collaborators. I mean, they sort of you have an idea and you want to work on it and you want to work it through to perfection. Now, is that happening in pinball? You know, we hear a lot about like, oh, it should it be about everyone collaborating to make a game? I don't really agree with that. I think great pinball will come from a great mind. It will come from a great leader. Now, that leader's responsibility is to make sure he's leading 
his team to bring the entire package together. So a great designer who has an idea for what the magic should be under the glass, that person also needs to design the artist, you know, direct them and where they want the art to go. They need to have a sense of how they want the music to be. They need to have a sense of what's going to be on the screen. You know, they're, they're a conductor and they need to conduct the symphony and orchestrate the game so it all comes together. And I think that's what a lot of people are missing in these games today is just that orchestration, that sense that everything is working together in harmony. You know, a lot of this stuff nowadays in these games, it feels pieced together. It feels like, are oh, you over there doing this? You're over there doing that. And then you kind of put it all together and you hope it works out. Uh, but very frequently do these games feel like they have the cohesiveness that people experience with some of the greatest machines of all time. And, and, and like a lot of the games we got in the 90s, it just felt like there, there was more of like uh, things, things were connected in those games in a way that... I, I think we're, um, we're we're still hoping to get in in modern pinball, and oh, are you, maybe you're thinking Canadian, you're crazy, but let's take a company like Jersey Jack, because if you were to look at the companies that you think are like trying to do the most and trying to push the envelope the most in pinball, when Jersey Jack showed Wizard of Oz, I mean that game really felt like all right, we're we're gonna push now, and Jack always would say like Waz will be my my worst game. And, and since then, you know, and you look at Waz to where we are now, right? Seven, eight years later, does Willy Wonka look like everything they've learned and then some? No, right? It looks like we're moving backwards. It's like almost like Jersey Jack is sliding back down to be more like a Stern and Stern's climbing up a little bit to get better and, and get more of what we want in terms of pinball magic into the game. But again, I just beg the question, there's so much you can do, can't you, with a steel ball underneath a glass with a wood play field and all the different types of toys and mechanisms and crazy things, can't you design more dreaming into this game? Can't pinball be more than it is now? I guess that's my point. And maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just like bored. Maybe I'm just a guy that likes to see things, you know, take unexpected turns and I like to see things that blow my mind I mean blow my mind like just for this much money for a toy that none of us need how come there is so little in this toy that makes you go wow like oh my god did you see that did you see that do that did you see that make the ball do that did you see that ball disappear did you see that ball levitate did you see you know I don't see much of that I really don't I really don't. I, I think we're at the state now where we're, we're starting to cover up these games with hundreds of dollars in mods that are just static mods. Like I, I, and I see Wonka and I see all these people just tacking on stuff that do absolutely nothing that interacts with the ball. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing that enhances the gameplay. And, and I'm wondering why are we here now? Is this where we're at? is we're just going to stick stuff on and we're going to tack on like 3D printed molds on the games and we're going to pay like 500% premiums on these mods and, and, and that's what's going to bring the world to life. Why aren't people dreaming about bigger things in these games? Would it require more money to bring bigger ideas into pinball? 
Would it require us to find new engineers, mechanical engineers to work with? I think some of it has to be that these companies are simply doing what works. They have a formula and they follow it and they have a bomb and they follow it. And no matter what the theme is, no matter what the ideas of the designer are, I think everything is getting watered down to a cost level. And no matter what you think or what I think or what the designer thinks, I think the accountants are running these companies and the investors are running these companies more than any of us would like to admit and would like to realize. And, and, and because of that, you have to somewhat feel like, I don't know, maybe, I, maybe it's just me, but I kind of feel like the, the machines aren't progressing beyond a certain point when it comes to the mechanical world under the glass. And maybe I'm crazy, maybe it's just Chris watching a documentary about sushi, but where is it? Where is it? You know, and, and people are losing their minds and have to love every new thing they see. I mean, Stern can put a black knight mechanism that all it has is an up-down shield and a flail that spins, super simple, nothing really complex. And all of a sudden we're getting ready to like praise this stuff as being like, oh my god, mechanisms in games. You know, and, and we're still looking back at Games like The Big Lebowski and wondering, well, why can't we get more stuff like that? A lower play field, an upper play field, you know, a bowling alley return lane. I mean, all this cool stuff in the game. Um, but why why can't we get more? Am I being selfish? Should I just like shut up and just buy what's available? Because right now I look at the pinball landscape and, uh, you know, I, I I just don't want to buy any of these games. I, I, I feel like nothing makes me want to move Batman out. Nothing makes me want to own a bigger home to have more machines. Nothing makes me want to have like 15 of these machines in my home. I, I, nothing makes me want to take $10,000 and go buy a pinball machine right now. Nothing. I mean, I, 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 I am I crazy? Am I not seeing what you're seeing? Do I need to take a break? Am, am I if I lost my ability to enjoy the hobby? I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I just don't know what the new standard is in pinball. If if that's fair, I, I think a lot of people uh, praise some of these new games so much more than they really deserve because maybe they like the designer or maybe they like the company. And so much of the praise is coming from the inner circle of pinball people that know the people who made the game. Or so much of the pinball reviews and streams are coming from the podcasters or the distributors that have media channels within pinball. And so, you know, I get it. It's like if you're going to think inordinately amounts about pinball on a daily basis, it's healthier to always be positive and always say nice things. But at some point, don't you reach a point where you want to see these companies do the unexpected? Don't you want to see a game that comes out that truly disrupts the category? Don't you want to see the pinball do something magical that hasn't been done before? Don't you want to see a mechanism where you look at it and you say, wow, how did they engineer that? You know, what, where are these things? And, and, and that's all I'm saying is when I watch this documentary and I see this guy spending decades to constantly be improving what he's doing 
And then you look at some of these pinball companies and they have years and years and years. I just don't feel like every every new thing feels like it's 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 getting better or it's improving upon the past. And and I know that's hard. It's a hard criticism to make. And I know that I should just be happy that pinball is out there and around and and we should celebrate every new game coming out. But that's where I'm at. You know, that's where I'm at. I just want to see something that really blows me away. Like what blows you away? Really? What blows you away in pinball right now? We look at graphics on the LCD screen that are not even as good as like video games from 10 years ago. But then we're not allowed to say that. We're not allowed to say that it's not as good as something I've been enjoying for over 10 years. Um, then we're not allowed to look at the mechanisms and say, well, these aren't nearly as impressive as mechanisms from 20 years ago. We're not allowed to say that because if we say that, then we're, we're, we're discrediting these companies that are keeping pinball alive. You know, for the most part, for the most part, yes, the code has been the one thing. The code has been the thing that has improved dramatically in pinball. And I would say the artwork has improved dramatically. But man, if I want to play something with incredible code, I'm going to go play a video game. And if I want something that's incredible artwork, I'm going to go buy art or go see a CGI movie. Pinball's different. Pinball's physical. And I think somewhere along the line, we've lost touch with that, that we should be judging these things on how amazing the physical elements of the game are. They don't, but the companies don't want you to do that. They don't. They want you to start to adjust your expectations of these machines. They want you to look at these games through a different lens. You know, Pat Lawler wants to convince you that he made Willy Wonka for operators, for location play. I mean, that's just spin. It's another way of saying there's just not that much magical in this game. I mean, all you have to do is put Willy Wonka next to Dialed In, and you can see the difference in the amount of stuff he tried to put in each game. And that Dialed In was his like 10-year-in-the-making opus that just didn't work out because it was an unrelatable theme. So I just want, maybe what I'm asking for, maybe what I'm asking for is maybe the nonstop cheerleading of every new thing that comes out. Maybe I'm just asking that every pinball machine shouldn't get an A or a B when it's reviewed. Maybe I'm, I'm asking for uh, engineers to start putting more stuff in the games that have like an oh my god, like you like when you grab your friend, you, you got to see what this game can do. You got to see what it can do. And it doesn't get boring because every time it happens, it's still conjures up a smile from your face you know something that just does that and maybe maybe you might be saying chris you're an idiot it's a game it's just meant to be enjoyed quickly and with over a few beers and maybe every game gets old and maybe that's true and that is true but i just think that in 2019 with the amount of engineering students we have in the world, with the amount of engineering knowledge we have, with the amount of you know designers who have been designing pinball for so many years, that we should be getting much more creative in this industry. And the creativity should make us feel like that these these people making these games woke up at night and had an idea that they just had to had to make happen. And 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 I know they're doing it, but they're doing it to a cost. And they are. And that is the number one thing driving this hobby right now. And it's also why I'm just bored. I don't, I, I'm bored. 
I'm, I'm just going to be honest. I'm a little bit bored with all of these things. I mean, it just feels like it's getting really predictable what's going to come out from each manufacturer each time. And I don't see the wow stuff that I think we're sort of putting on top of some of these new releases. Maybe it's just me being like 11 o'clock at night and I'm just putting up a pinball podcast, but that's just what's on my mind tonight. You know, I want to see more magic. I want to see people innovating more. I want to see us as buyers of these expensive machines demand more. And I also want the manufacturers out there to know if you push the envelope, if you give us more, if you reach higher, the money will be there. You shouldn't worry about the bomb. You should worry about making a great game. And you should worry about making something happen in that game that's truly incredible and awesome and really push the envelope in, in pinball. And, and I know it's hard. It must be hard. I mean, how, I mean, it must be hard to stand over games like Oktoberfest or P3. And how do you not stand over those games if you're the creators of those games? And maybe those are the dreams of those designers. And that's the best they could do with what they had to work with. Um, but, you know, I'm just waiting for that game to come out that, that just, it, it, it just, it takes my breath away. And, and it makes me feel like, wow, like I couldn't, I couldn't even have imagined they could have made that work. And that's the kind of stuff I'm, I'm hoping we can see in pinball moving forward. I hope newer companies can start to bring that. I hope Stern can start to mechanically engineer a little bit more magic back into these games because I think they have everything else starting to click. And I, and I hope Jersey Jack does not start to sink back down into making the games simpler for operators uh, you know, with the short ball times, I, I just everything I hear around the strategy lately has me worried. I, I I don't want that. I don't want that. I want them to say like we made this game because this is like this is the dream come true. You know, and don't tell me this is like the most innovative thing that can possibly be in a pinball machine. No, it's not. No, it's not. The limits. We're not even near the limits of what you can put in pinball machines. I know it's easy for me to say that as a podcaster, not a designer, but you have to look no further than, than what's going on in other areas of entertainment and all the amazing toys that are out there and the things that, you know, the things that you can physically do with engine. I mean, this, the reason why I'm saying that because so much, so many amazing things were done like 25 years ago and now we're seeing such a smaller level of that kind of engineering sort of feats. So, this has been just a weird sort of dump of a podcast on you. I don't know if you're going to like it or not. I don't even know, you know, but this is what we do. This is what we do on Canadian Pinball Podcast. We just have a little bit of a thought and we put it out there. Uh, and that's that's it. I think all of us should demand a little bit more than what we're getting from pinball right now. And hit me up. Tell me if you agree or not at canadapinball at gmail.com. All right, everyone, have a great night and go eat some omokase sushi. Later. Later.